becomes like a fleeting memory. Whatever you grab just turns to dust. Like eye contact with a stranger, stranger out of the It's a dream that you to make real. Passing those other songs. Glimmer, glimmer, the ship's in the sea. Lanolin? Lanolin? Like the sheep swap? Oh, damn. Are we started already? Yeah, we're started. Oh, shoot. We didn't even do like a cheers. Well, we can do it now. Okay. Let's do it now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the shores. Welcome to the shores. There was three clinks there. Who is that? Who is that master special guest? (laughs) I'm back. Who does not have a penis? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. Babe. I had to. Uh, the word has been said too many times <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> already today. And why have we not said vagina? <laughs> well, <laughs> it just, just hasn't come up. <laughs> <laughs> so. How are y'all today? Today's Besides maybe. I felt like you were just talking to your audience excited. and I was waiting for them to respond. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, let's wait for the chat. Oh, wait, there's no, there's no chat on this. <clears throat> um. Allison, glad to have you back. Thanks. It is always a pleasure to be here. Yeah. It's always a pleasure to have you. I feel like the podcast just goes so well when you're here. I know. It just sucks. Uh, you know, when you and I just sit here and talk, and it just <laughs> sucks. <laughs> yeah. That is not true. Don't, don't say things that aren't true. Oh, damn. That was a good segue. It was a good segue. Shit. Um. So we've been wanting to have this conversation for a while. And oh, a year and a half or something. A year and a like half that. or something. Yeah. It was it was we had a brainstorming session about sort of topics we wanted to cover on on the pod and this one was on there and we'd never gotten around to it. For reasons that, you know, I don't fully understand. Well, it, it's a hard one maybe. I think you're also like you wanted to also have this conversation with your mom at some True. point. That yeah. was like um That's exactly so what it was. So we kept kind of putting it off and yeah, then COVID happened, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to continue happening, apparently. So, <laughs> Well, I am a poor replacement for your mom. Let's just be straight about that. Well, <laughs> well yes. <laughs> yes. How do I answer this question? But, no, we're speaking no, the but, truth on this. <laughs> I think what's, what's cool is the, the topic came up naturally in our lives right. with the, uh, the three of us, and so it felt right to have that conversation here. Yeah. I didn't realize it had been on your docket. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. It was something that I, I put on there. Um, so we want to talk about lying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what it's good for. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> is that good? Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. That's my improv. That smooth. <laughs> well, what prompted you to have this topic in the first place? I find it fascinating. And I have really deep feelings about it, like deep, maybe axiomatic feelings about it. And I think one of the reasons that I had originally wanted my mom to come on the podcast is because I think part of why my feelings about it are so deep and strong has something to do with the way that I was raised. Mm -hmm. I think that those were seeds that were planted, whether knowingly or unknowingly. Um, So I want to talk to her about that, but maybe we'll, we'll follow that up with those questions. But I find the concept of lying really interesting because we encounter it all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we generally think very deeply about it or talk very deeply about it together um, in our conversations. I don't mean you, us, I mean culture in general. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, we'll talk about it in terms of like maybe politics or something you hear 
lying all the time or accusations of lying all the time. But I think what's, what I feel so deeply is not sort of like, Hey, politicians shouldn't lie. I don't really feel that deeply. I mean, I don't think they should. It's annoying. But I think what I feel more deeply is sort of the, the lies that go sometimes unnoticed that we just tell almost without thinking about it, but knowingly, and they don't really do a ton of damage seemingly. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think maybe we can jump in to this conversation with a simple question, which is, is it ever okay to lie? Well, this is great because this is where you and I were disagreeing the other night. We did find something we disagreed on. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's that we dis- disagree. It's just that I feel like there's a little bit more to, I don't think it's just as simple as not lying or lying. Like, I think there's, I think there's a little bit more complexity to it, but I probably do fundamentally agree with the fact that you should not lie, you know, mm. but what that means is something that is, um, I think it's, I think it's interesting to pursue and understand because like, you know, is there ever a time to lie, you know, but let's go back to your, your question though. That's, those are, well, man, isn't that, that's restating the question, isn't it? Is there ever a time to lie? Is it mm-hmm. ever okay to lie? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'll set, I'll set my answer on the table and then we can try to disqualify it. Okay. I mean, I think my initial answer is no, I don't think it is. So if the Anne Frank's in the attic and the Nazis come in and say, classic example. Yeah, right. Exactly. Are there any Jews in your house? Right. I don't know what to do about that one. No, no, I don't. I say that's really clear to me. I would just say no. I think I would too. Yeah. But I still have this deep seated conviction that you should never lie. Like that doesn't feel like a resolved situation. Like, okay, in this case it's okay. Oh, so to me it's very clear though. Yeah. It's like, I know what's going to happen if I tell the truth that they're going to take this person away and kill them. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that's a justified lie. I agree. I think it's justified as well. Yeah. But still a lie. Would you have taken them in in the first place, knowing that you would have to lie about their presence? Okay. That's a great observation. Like if that's the case, then why then maybe part of lying is not allowing you to be yourself to get into a position where you would need to or have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a, we're, we're in a deep spot, but then I'm going to take us a little bit in a not so deep spot. Uh, yeah, go for it. It just reminds me of my friend uh, back in the day who would bring not mentioning any names here, bring weed up from the, <laughs> from the border. <laughs> and he would always tell his friend that he, that he knew exactly what was going to happen when they came home. But he just always told his friend never to tell him if he had anything so he could plausibly deny it. Mm-hmm. But it's like he still knew his friend, but something about his friend not explicitly telling him, he felt like he was not lying, which I thought was, I thought that was interesting. I'm like, but you know, right? Because every time you come back, you have something with you, you know? Well, it's like plausible deniability, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if he was to be asked, do you, is there any weed in the house? Mm-hmm. He could say no. Yeah. He doesn't know for sure if there is, Yeah, but he knows for sure that there is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's this, but you can kind of tell yourself this lie that, yeah, well, I don't know specifically, mm-hmm. you know, but then again, yeah, that's hard. Cause like 
are you lying because you don't know for sure? Like, what if you were like, yes, and there's none? Yeah. Well, then you're playing off this idea that usually this happens, you know? So, I don't know. I think I, I derailed this. We can go back to the Anne Frank thing. I kind of mm. don't want to go back to the Anne Frank thing. Okay. I, because contextually, like, I think your your observation, Allison, points this out, is like, would you have let them in in the first place? Well, I don't know. I don't really feel like I know enough about sort of that situation to be able to conjecture about that. Right. But I think that that is a really good point is part of not lying is not allowing yourself to be in a position where it would be expedient. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we often lie out of expediency. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something that's not exactly true, but it's sort of adjacent enough to the truth to ex- to expedite the resolution that I want here. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what I was talking about at the beginning with lies that aren't necessarily destructive in, in obvious ways. Right. But I think that I would argue that a lie is always destructive and most commonly in unknown ways, unforeseeable ways. Mm-hmm. The, con- the consequences of the lie. There will always be consequences of lying. Mm-hmm. Well, does the interpretation have any <coughs> any factor on that too? So, um, so if someone says like, "Hey, do I look fat in this?" or something like that, like, what are they really asking? You know, so it's like. Are they asking like, do I look in fat in this or do, how do I look? You know, it's like, so is there a certain amount of like interpretation as far as like not only what someone is literally asking you, but more of maybe the spirit or the intention of what they're asking. Hmm. Like I'm asking you if I look fat in this, but I'm really asking is, do you, do you think I'm pretty, you know, do you or admire do me? Do you admire you attracted me? to me? Exactly. So, so sometimes I don't think it's as simple as, answering the question truthfully, but there's a part of understanding what the question really is, you know? Yeah. And so that can get, I think that just kind of muddies the water a little bit as far as like what it means to tell a lie, you know, um, or to speak truthfully. I think that's, a, I like Peterson's like tell the truth or at least don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that has to do with that right there, but. Well, I think that's interesting. I, th- I do think that, Wisdom and discernment is a part of telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So I know I said I didn't want to go back to it, to the Anne Frank thing, but you know, if you discern that there is a danger of someone losing their life, then how is it that you got into the situation where, you know, you've got the SS or whatever inside of your house and asking you this question, could you have averted that at the door so that the, there's no one inside or could you answer with another, uh, another statement. It's none of your business. What I have in my house or who I have in my house. You know, again, the context, I don't know how that would go there, but mm-hmm. to sort of extrapolate that back to the, do I look fat in this dress? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this example? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a delicate art to discerning in that situation, like what's the need? Like, 
someone is initiating a inquiry to get a to get a response to get a a need met and mm-hmm. I think it can be dangerous to answer outright my in that situation I would say ask more questions like do you look fat oh do you feel fat do, do you feel like that outfit's not flattering on you you know I, don't, I feel like there's like ways to in that example like engage and show interest and show um, investment in like oh this is on your mind this is something about this is important to you I want to engage without without being like no you don't look that babe you look awesome that's probably not really <laughs> Everyone knows what that's they're looking for unsatisfying response right mm-hmm. yeah and so I think the follow up questions to that kind of like when someone put that kind of inquiry to you I think it's about being able to ask artful questions to draw the person out to get at what they really want and what they're really seeking so the model we're working with here is <clears throat> you're asked if your significant other looks by her fat mm-hmm. in the dress and you do think she looks fat in the dress, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> otherwise this wouldn't be, there'd be no reason for a lie here, totally, yeah. right? Because okay. we're exploring lying. Totally, so yeah. in this case, you do think she looks fat, but you don't, but, but to say, no, you don't look fat. It's like, that would be a lie. So there's the lie. So exploring alternatives. Uh-huh. And I think you're right in that the question isn't, there may be a case to be made where a woman literally wants to know, like I need to know if I look fat in this dress because it could have negative ramifications for this job interview or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah. But generally it's like the archetypal question, the archetype that we're exploring here is, is that the woman feels insecure. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a question <clears throat> about feel about looking fat. It's a statement about feeling insecure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the truthful response is to engage in that insecurity rather than <clears throat> like a direct response to the question. And I don't think this is about lying or not lying or getting around a lie. This is engaging truthfully in that. Mm-hmm. So the, I think that the alternative to lying is always to engage truthfully. Because you could say, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you look fat. But that's not engaging truthfully because you know that the question wasn't about the appearance. Mm-hmm. The question was about a str- an internal struggle. So uh, lying and truth-telling is a lot more complicated than just... It, it, intentionality is a huge um, aspect of truth-telling or lying. Like, what is, what, is the, what is the intention here? Like, you know, presidential debates, we don't, we don't want to get into that, but like... They would be asked a question and they would just completely answer something different. And it's like, well, they didn't lie, but they also didn't answer the question. Engage the truth. Engage the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, so that was, that would be like, in a sense like this, you know, the dress thing, you know, where you're, okay, what are they really wanting? And you're engaged rather than to divert completely like, like, oh, hey, babe, actually, did you check out the, um, the what the kids were doing earlier today and just change the subject into something else? You know? mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's I, avoidance. That's yeah. avoidance, yeah. 
Which I think is a form of lying. Mm-hmm. Peterson uh, called it the uh, sin of omission. omission. Mm. Which he was making the argument is potentially more destructive than the direct lie. Yeah. Which is scary because I feel like most of the lies that we encounter are those. Like, I don't feel like I'm overtly lied to on a daily basis, but I think (laughs) probably the, the more subtle, less detectable version feels what's to be, to me, to be what's more pervasive. The more subtle, less detectable version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one scares me a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know it's about fear necessarily, but, you know, I think we've all had interactions in our life in which someone who we expect to tell us the truth, we, we witness a small, seemingly insignificant lie. And it does something. Mm-hmm. Like it, it destroys something. It destroys trust because from then on everything that seems simple and insignificant, it's like, okay, is that true? Does it matter if it's true? If you're willing to lie about something seemingly insignificant, then what more might you be willing to lie about? And this kid, it's like, reminds me of the, um, <laughs> did y'all see the, the movie Fern Gully when you were growing up? <laughs> It's been so long, I don't remember. <laughs> I did, I don't remember it though. Well, it's like the, the bad guy in that movie is essentially oil. So it's like an environmental movie, mm-hmm. right? And so like this oil monster is coming and trying to like soak up the forest and it like just starts enveloping everything. Mm-hmm. And then it like runs across a like a tractor or something ready to cut trees down and it like goes into the engine and like feeds off of the engine and gets bigger and like starts enveloping the whole forest. <laughs> Anyways, enough of that. <laughs> but I feel like even engines. a small a small little white lie right. can poison, like it's very potent in its ability to poison huge volumes of other things in unexpected ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Peterson makes that point too in that chapter. Um he was framing it more in the sense of like being able to say no when it needs to be said or to, yeah. to say yes when something needs to, when yes needs to be said, but that is a harder choice. Um, his example was like in an office place where, you know, some upper management person puts a new rule in place that's completely pointless and adds to the, bureaucracy or whatever but no one it's like not a big enough burden that everyone just deals with it and in that uh, way like saying yes to following this one ridiculous unnecessary protocol you now have opened the door to saying yes again and again and again Mm, but the opposite is also true that when you um, when you say no when it needs to be said, then you 
have become a person that can say no when no needs to be said. And so you are able to like enforce that skill. So just saying in this example, saying yes, when your truthful response was no, mm-hmm. is not exactly a lie, but it is a, it's giving up on something. It's well, giving it, up on the truth. It's a self-betrayal. Yeah. First, because it's like, oh, I don't want to do that thing. Mm. That thing doesn't feel right. I should. My, like my heart, my inner person, my inner witness is saying no. Yeah. This is not good for me to participate in. But it feels like too much effort, too much like fear, whatever, to say the no. Maybe you're the only person that disagrees with this particular thing, this rule or whatever. So it feels really hard and risky to say no to even the little thing. And so you're just like, okay, fine. So you betray yourself first. And that's where I think the the growth oil monster gets fed. <laughs> yeah. It's like in our self-betrayal. Hmm. That's a really fascinating point. You betray yourself first. A lie betrays you before it betrays anyone else. Yeah. And I have a, I have an interesting example. I've had a couple of interesting examples in the last two weeks of this with, within my own life. Um, so one of them had to do with Austin. And um, when he was a baby, he was about two months old, his head... Um, because he had a crick in his neck, because he was a huge baby and a tiny little belly. He had a crick in his neck, which no one really noticed until he was like two months old, and his skull had already started growing lopsided. (laughs) So by the time the doctor caught it, she was like, ooh, he either needs a helmet or you have to start stretching his neck every multiple times a day, every day for like two months. Or if you don't, if we don't fix this, he could have brain damage. Well. Because if the skull is asymmetrical, it's super bad. So, I obviously, I was like, okay, let's... I don't know. The, the helmet seemed worse, the worst option. So, like, okay, we'll do this stretching. And then every day for months, I had to, like, stretch his neck. And for my to the little two-month-old baby and my little baby son, and he hated it, it... Like, it violated my heart to have to do it. Like, I had to cause pain and not soothe my child, who had no understanding of what was happening. And that violated my heart as a mother. And I think, along with that, I formed a thought. I don't know where it came from, really, but I... This idea settled into my mind that I am I'm hurting my child. He doesn't understand. He, I'm now becoming a trigger of fear for mm-hmm. him. Rather than a source of comfort, I'm like a person that causes pain. And he's, he's going to self-protect from me because I'm having to hurt him. Yeah. You know, like a physical bond between a mom and a baby is a really big deal. Right. And so that thought... Which I has been in there, but I was not 
super conscious of it. I just felt like, oh, that's probably right. That's probably, he's probably scared of me now. And, you know, like, it, and there were some, maybe some signs of it that justified that, like, because we would have to do it on the changing table when I changed his diaper. And so he would just start screaming every time we went to change his diaper. It's awful. Blah, blah, blah. But I recently, just in a counseling and in a kind of a prayer time, well, something triggered that memory. Um, because Austin has to get a, an appliance put in his mouth. And the orthodontist looked at me and he was like, and you're going to have to crank this every day. Mm. And immediately when he said that, the first thing that shot out of my like conscious was, I cannot hurt him again. Yeah. And I almost started weeping. Mm. But I knew immediately that this was about when he was a baby. Like, I cannot hurt him again. I won't do it. And I'm like, I'm going to get Michael to crank the thing. I can't, I can't hurt him again. I can't hurt him again. Yeah. And so I art journaled about that, about that experience of him being a baby. And, um, and through processing that and like my prayerful kind of engagement with it, this new, what felt for me like a new understanding came. Because the question that I heard was, well, why did you do that? I'm like, well... I was trying to prevent brain damage. It's like, right. So you healed him. Hmm. And not only did you heal him, but he, he, you offered him an experience of pain being, being connected with in pain. Like my heart was with him. My, my love was with him. It wasn't a, it wasn't suffering. He wasn't suffering alone. He was, I was with him in his suffering. And ultimately I think that's really what we all long for. Like we can only, we can each only endure our own suffering, but to not be alone, to mm-hmm. have someone draw near in the middle of your suffering is a powerful form of being able to endure. Right. And so in this kind of encounter, I, I realized, Oh, he wasn't alone. I was with him, and I was healing him, and he had an experience of of that, which is com- the complete opposite belief that I've been carrying his whole life, that I caused him this to suffer alone, and and now he fears me. Hmm. But it, it was like, no, actually, it's the opposite. Yeah, and so. But when I look back, I'm like, okay, this whole time I have been interpreting all of our struggles with him as my fault because he can't receive from me because I hurt him as a baby and I've been carrying like loads of guilt about him because of that one, that very first experience. Do you feel like that was a a lie that you were living under? Mm Mm-hmm. Right, because now after having like processed and re, I feel like have this like a diff, way different perspective about it. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll crank it. Like I have no qualms about cranking mm-hmm. his orthodontic appliance. I'm like, oh yeah, that needs to be done. Cool, mm-hmm. I'll do that. Like I, there's nothing there, but that immediate response in the orthodontist office, I was, I mean, it was visceral, physical, like shutdown. I'm not going to do that that reaction was based on a lie that I am a person who hurts my son. 
and that's has been present his whole life. Present in you. Present in me. Yeah. So. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, so where where do you think that lie came from? Probably from, again, I was interpreting his reactions whenever we would go to change the diaper. It, it, it was just faulty logic. Yeah. I, my son's in pain. He can't understand. So obviously he's going to fear. Obviously he fears me. Obviously mm. I am a trigger for self-protection. But that wasn't true. Yeah, you even said something about him <clears throat> being alone in that pain. Mm-hmm. But by definition, he wasn't. You were there. Right. Which I can understand how you could get some wires crossed there because the pain wasn't caused by you, but it only came on when you were there. Right. You know? Right. But but also in your new... I think correct logic. The important part is that you were there. Right. I was there and I was participating. I was healing sharing. him. Yeah. And, um, and I think the, the metaphor of, you know, in general in life, it's like, or like, why, why do we, why do we suffer? You know, it's like, well, we can endure lots of things to prove, Sometimes suffering happens to prevent a worse outcome down yeah. the road. And we can endure a lot if we're not alone. Yeah. Well, as you were saying that, I was thinking, I think often lies prevent us from sharing in suffering. Like even that lie prevented you from sharing your son's suffering in the way that was real, which is that you were healing him. He wasn't just suffering. He was healing. And often healing involves suffering. And I think in general, we lie, maybe not in general, but often the motivation for a lie is, well, I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. I'd rather just tell them this insignificant lie so that they're not hurt. But really what you're, denu- what you're doing there is denying that person the chance to know the truth and the truth about how they feel about that truth, which reveals to them something about themselves. Maybe an insecurity, like with the dress example. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows them to explore themselves and to know themselves and it allows you to participate in that. And that does involve hurt feelings. Sometimes it does involve some form of suffering sometimes, but because you have told the truth rather than a lie, then you are there to participate in that, in that discovery of the response to the truth and know each other and grow together. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you just told the insignificant lie, well, you might've avoided, avoided hurt feelings but there's no growth that's happened. And eventually the lie will be found out. Well, I think there's like a distinction here because 
it seems like there's a there's the part of like intention. So it's really like so I'm thinking of like Loker and uh Lie to Me. Mm-hmm. You know, he just says everything that comes into his mind. So to him, he's interpreting that as not lying. Like I'm being honest with all my thoughts. Radical truth. Radical truth. Yeah, that's what he calls Radical it. Radical truth. Talk. You know, so it's like it's so I'm I'm, I'm, I'm it's like I'm going to kind of push like I agree, but then I also want to push back on it a little bit as far as like like how do we what are we qualifying as lying and not lying? You know, it's like, and I feel like there's, there was something that you guys were getting into as you're going back and forth, you know, there's a certain like interpretation, like how are you interpreting, interpret, oh, dang, I'm, I'm going to say that word too many times and I'm like, interpret, 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 uh, interpretation, interpretation. <laughs> Uh, interpreting the situation, you, you know, go. it's like, I think there's something that's, yes, <laughs> I think there's something like very, uh, uh, central to that as far as like truth telling and, and, and lying is like how you understand and interpret the situation. Because it's like, if you're just being like, yeah, that's stupid. Well, that was really insensitive. I was like, well, that's what I thought. Just going to tell you the truth. You know, it's like there's yeah. something that's very insincere about well, that. that. It's that that's like even though that might be what you were thinking, it's like there might be something wrong with you and how you're considering the other person. You know, it's like or not taking a deeper look into like what does it mean? What does that thing that you think is stupid mean to that person? Mm-hmm. And then it might change that symbol that you're saying that they did was stupid, like they like a painting, you know, it's like, oh that painting's stupid. They're like, oh, well, actually, my my great grandmother, you know, had that did that painting, and it meant this way in her life. And they're like, oh, actually, no, that's not stupid, you know. So I think there's some like contextual elements that. Well, I feel like the opposite of lying. I think that's also where, where like really good lying comes from too. So that's mm. so it's like it's it's kind of like understanding and in intentions yeah. and mm-hmm. interpretation. Yeah. Well, I think the opposite of lying is not saying everything that you think. Well, see, uh, yeah. Well, is an opinion always truth? But you're telling that you're telling well, what I you also, think as, as being like, if you want me to tell you the truth, this is, this is the truth I think or believe, you know, this is what I truly believe about your painting. Mm-hmm. I also don't yeah. think the opposite of lying is telling the truth. What is it? Where are we going now? (laughs) Well, the opposite of lying is not lying. I mean, I think a lie is an intentional deceit. Okay. I'm going to deceive you intentionally Mm -hmm. or maybe deceive myself intentionally. Yeah. Telling the truth is a, is a completely different matter. I mean, I don't know. It it gets, it, it, they mesh together. Mm-hmm. Because you can successfully not deceive by telling the truth, but you don't have to tell the truth to not deceive. So I have a good example for this. Okay, <laughs> like I was trying to go, but I don't want to give it gymnastics. So I'm trying to figure out how to interpret. <laughs> it. Well, it's it's personal, and <clears throat> that's awesome. Um, Next on Jerry Springer. No. <laughs> well, okay. So there are situations in which the truth might be abusive. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm trying to think. I'm okay. Uh, children mm-hmm. and sexuality. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. A four-year-old asks about sex, let's say. Um, they've heard something about it mm-hmm. as a concept. And they say, what is sex? Mm. And, okay, so identify the truth here. Well, that's not so easy. I mean, but you're definitely not going to give a graphic description of exactly what sex is and the mechanics of that and all the different, um, like, various interworkings of male and female genitalia and how this act happens and then what it's for. Mm -hmm. Like, that would be abusive to that child. Like, that child is not ready to receive that information. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. developmentally, I, yeah. developmentally, mm-hmm. you know, like me personally, the first time I heard about sex, I was like, you've got to be lying. That's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard of, <laughs> you know? And all I heard was the man puts the penis in the vagina and you're just like, that never would have occurred to me in my wildest dreams. And I think that's a ridiculous idea, <laughs> you know, <laughs> totally. cause you, cause you're prepubescent. Like your body hasn't developed to have like a category for this Uh and, and to put on a child who has not developed ideas that only make sense to a developed person is not good for the psyche of that child. So, you know, what do you do? So you could come up with some outlandish lie. Yeah. Stork or something like that. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. sex is the key word that you say when you're ready to have a baby. And then the stork brings the baby. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, that was a lie. (laughs) Um, but the opposite of a lie is not to tell the truth. I think that the opposite of a lie is to not lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then what you say to that child is not everything you know about the answer, which is the example of the uh, lie to me show, mm-hmm. which I'm just going to say everything that I think to make sure that I'm not lying. Yeah. Well, that's not the opposite of lying. And that's also not the truth either. I think that the truth has something to do with your relationship. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe you said interpretation of another mm-hmm. and what is it that you're asking and how can I meet that? Mm-hmm. How can I tell you, how can I answer your question? Yeah. And to the four year old, you know, maybe the, the classic example might be when a man and woman love each other enough and they're very much in love, they come together and, Sex is how they have a baby. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. okay, none of that was wrong. None of that was a lie. Yeah. It also wasn't every single thing you know about sex. <laughs> totally. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, there's there's a lot of that with, I mean, you just see that in school in general. It's like you have to pare it down to that level of whatever learning it is that they're, whatever level that they're at. So yeah. and you build on that until you, you know, have more and more in-depth knowledge of whatever that might be. Oh, man, the worst... Anyway, some that just triggered a memory. Before we had had the sex discussion with Austin, he saw a billboard, <laughs> and it was about rape. Mm. And so he asked me, Hey, Mom, what's rape? Oh, wow. And I just was speechless for a good while because like I haven't even explained sex and I definitely don't want to lead with that. (laughs) Like I can't answer that question. I don't remember what what I said. I I didn't, 
I don't think I lied. Um, I think I just told him, you know what, that's a, that's a really important discussion and I'm not ready yeah. to talk about that right now. That's a great response. And we'll have some conversations that lead to that. Which it's like, that's a truthful response. Right. That, that is a true. really important discussion and you weren't ready to have it no. and neither was he ready to hear it. Mm-hmm. No. So, I mean, I think the truth is always better than a lie and a truth can substitute a lie. What do you mean by that? Well, like you said, you could have lied mm-hmm. and then maybe the, the, So if, if we're, if we're tempted to think, well, the, well, if I can't lie, then I have to tell the truth, but I can't tell the truth. And I think it's important to remember that, wait, you can, and you did. Yeah. The truth isn't the direct scientific answer to what rape is. Right. Because lying and truth telling are always relational. This is not, they're not transactional. This is not let me put a coin in the machine and get out a definition of a word or an explanation of an event. It's always relational. Hmm. So the truth has something to do with you as much as it has to do with the definition of a word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, to, and maybe this is, goes back to the, the idea of like denying suffering. If you were have to, if you were just to have lied or even if you had just, said what it was to sort of shut him up or end the uncomfortable moment or whatever, mm-hmm. you're denying suffering and growth because you're denying yourself the truth, which is that you're not ready to talk to him about that. And he's not ready to hear it. And that's a truth that is now denied. So there's, yeah, well, I, I, let me just say this, uh, yeah. responsibility. I think mm-hmm. there's something with, with that too, as far as like, <clears throat> Cause I'm just thinking of like all the things that sometimes you have <clears throat> a responsibility for, um, <clears throat> I guess, uh, uh, like, uh, there's certain burdens that one has to carry and, and it's not, uh, I mean, I, I guess I'm thinking of like, I'm thinking of multiple things. Like even as a business owner, there's certain things that I have to carry that it's not for other people to carry. Although it would look like truth telling, but it's really, it's, it's really, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, taking on the burden that is mine, you know, or like a president or something like that, or like somebody who's, um, in a position that is dealing with a very complex matter that you know, when someone asks the question, like, are we, what's going on with this? And you have to give an answer that is truthful, but not complete hmm. because, and it's, and it's, it's like a parent, like almost kind of like the parent question that we've been talking about is, is as a parent, you also have a responsibility to carry a certain, a certain amount of a burden yeah. that, I mean, I, you've, I think you've, you've given me lots of examples of this. I think it's really fascinating. I don't, if you want to talk about it, you can, but uh, just the idea of like, there will be a time when maybe we can talk about this, but right now, like kind of with the rape thing, we can't, I can't really go all the way into that with yeah, you. Right. So it's like, 
So I think there's, I think there's sometimes in truth telling can be a foregoing of responsibility that's not healthy or good. I think you, you err though on not. This was not a specific example. <laughs> <laughs> this is I'm generalization. Sorry. Michael errs. Wait, what? I, I totally agree. Yeah, you, I totally it can agree. go both ways. Mm-hmm. You can over totally tell, and you can over. It's like that video you put out. There. I was like, uh, I wouldn't have gone there. Oh, I know you didn't. I can see it in your face, and I did it anyway. I know that must be it for like three hours that day. Hey, what are we talking about? Oh. I didn't see the video. Oh, oh, nothing. Nothing really happened. Oh, he was. I know, and I had to. I had to be true to me. I told you that, but and I, you said yeah. that. But that's the thing. I'm so. I would have never done that because I saw it in your face the minute you watch it. I was like, "Oh, this is he does not like this," <laughs> and I knew that immediately. And I had to decide: do I, do I withhold what I hmm. have to say because I know it's going to make you uncomfortable? And up until recently, the answer would have been almost always yes. Because I could not risk disrupting my connection with you. Hmm. Um, okay, side story for the listeners. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering if you can tell the story. <laughs> uh, was it yesterday? Or Today, Dave? Monday. No, anyway, it was National Coffee Day. I woke up, Instagram feed, National Coffee Day, blah, blah, blah. And Tuesday, usually I'm like, oh, fun. Let me, let me think of some like fun post to you know promote medici mm-hmm. like oh it's coffee day it's our jam you know it's our yeah. day and i was just so sad hmm. and so um i'm just so sad right now about our business and i was like oh let me just think of let me, i was just trying to get in that that space that I would usually be of like, let me share something cheery and happy and encouraging. And I'm like, that's, that's not true. Yeah. That's not how I feel right now. I feel really sad and really scared for my business. And it looks from, from Medici's own post, which I think is good and right. We look prosperous, Yeah. but that's actually not true. And I cannot stand Acting and saying one thing on the outside when the reality on the inside is something really different. And so maybe this is just me kind of still testing the waters of like, oh my God, is it actually okay for me? Is it safe for me to say what I really think? I don't even know. I think it's supposed to be. So let me try these little like things. So I made this post. I made a video just saying... um, because people ask us all the time, how's, how's Medici? Mm-hmm. And I have to give the the PC answer, right. which I'm just sick of right now, if it's not true. It doesn't feel true to me. What is uh, the, what's the PC answer? Like, oh, oh yeah, you know, it. yeah, everyone's it's hard. It's hard. Everyone's doing their doing best. <laughs> and we're, <laughs> we're hanging in there. I just don't answer anymore. <laughs> we're hanging in there. Uh-huh. Right. You know, and... I don't, I just, I can't, I don't have it right now. I don't have whatever that was to muster up the pat response. Like, I just can't do it. So I made this one minute video just saying, hey, 
no, actually, we're not okay. Um, business is still way, way down, and and that sucks. Also, but you know, in the comment, I mean, I mean, I wrote a really long comment just saying like, hey, also, I'm super grateful that we're still here. I recognize, I acknowledge that a lot of that was my way of trying to acknowledge that there's a lot of people that aren't still open, and yeah. we have dedicated team that's still working really hard and being creative and anyhow but like okay no we're not good but we're here and we're gonna keep going and that's what i said which is funny because like whenever you whenever i saw i was just sort of like it's like i agree with you i think that's something that was worth you posting but that's not how i feel you know and i think that was a hard thing was just like it's like yes that is true but i'm working on all these things you know and i'm really excited about them and it's like so i've kind of got this like excitement for what i'm working on you know so it's like right. so but I, but I but i understand the truth of what you're saying but at the same time it's like there's also all these things that are well really your optimism is is about the future it's mm-hmm. about what could be yeah. what probably will be and that's valid mm-hmm. but what is right now is nowhere near what it ought to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just, the two things, the two, <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just, I can't do it anymore. I just, for some reason, for the thing that I'm in right now, I just cannot muster up bullshit about it. And mm-hmm. so I posted that. And then I was immediately like, sick to my stomach oh god who's gonna read this michael's gonna be so mad um people are gonna think i'm just you know like all my insecurities just a smoke bomb Uh i'm like oh this is what it feels like to be vulnerable yeah and i'm like oh god i don't want to sound like i'm being a whiny little bitch about this but this is just truth and what were the responses like Oh, everyone was super like, oh, we love you guys. Um, The two most meaningful responses, though, were from um, Sandy from Stout House and uh, Stephanie from Banu. Hmm. And she was like, same. Yeah, they totally understand. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, they were like, same. Yeah. Love you guys. Yeah. And... And Sandy even said, "Like, thanks for for being vulnerable. Yeah, we got to fight the fight." And like, so in some way, I feel like partly I did want to like honor them and these other shops. Like, I don't think anyone's like really prospering right now, but we kind of want to just pretend like every all these businesses are okay Mm -hmm. because we're just needing something to feel like it's moving toward normal and maybe it is, but at this micro pace that is not going to be sustainable. Yeah. Anyhow, how do we get off on that? Um, well, I think there's an interesting observation. I'm not quite sure I know how to make it, but you know, I asked you like what the responses were like. I felt sure that at least someone said, Essentially, like, thank you for being vulnerable and saying what we expect to be true or what I know to be true about myself. 
Mm-hmm. And this is something weird about social media in general. I mean, I think social media is generally characterized as one big lie. Like right. everyone's posting the best that they can muster. Right. And so you're looking at the best of everyone and, compon- and constantly comparing yourself to that. And to see someone say, you know what, here's what's really happening. Right. I think we respond to that like, oh, thank God. Thank you for that. Took courage and grace and vulnerability. And I needed to know that because I need to know someone else feels the way that I do. Right. Well, and the thought crossed my mind too. I'm like, something about this feels refreshing in terms of speaking as our business because who the hell trusts what any business says right now? (laughs) (laughs) What business is telling the truth? Uh Like it's virtue signaling or it's, or it's just straight consumerism. It's, Mark, it's just like marketing. Like who's telling, what business is telling the truth? Right. And there was some, there's like a little strain of like, oh, I feel really, it feels really good to just be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Are we are opening to, did we just open to new locations in the works? Yep. Is that solving our financial problems? Not at all. <laughs> Not right now. Yeah. <laughs> maybe down the road, maybe it's going to contribute. And, you know, and partly, too, I get scared because I don't want to devalue your work and mm-hmm. all the things that you're doing. Um, and I don't ever want you especially to think that I blame you for this state of Medici. It's like... <laughs> COVID was my fault. It wasn't the Chinese. <laughs> oh, it no. <laughs> you're just now admitting this? I just now admitted this. I mean, tell the truth. I'm going to go ahead and just, like, put it on the table right now. <laughs> But uh. well, I think that's a beautiful thing about <clears throat> sharing and suffering is that sharing and suffering doesn't require that both people carry that the same. I mean, I think that if you and Michael weren't married, weren't doing this together, Michael's response to what's happening with Medici would be much different. Mm-hmm. if y'all you know if it was you instead of him your response would be much different mm-hmm. but because you are in relationship you can carry different parts of that suffering and for michael part of that suffering is i'm getting up i'm doing something about it and partly you don't have to feel what she feels because she feels it mm-hmm. and you benefit from that Maybe benefit isn't the right word, but at least offload that in some sense. And you get to feel what you're feeling because you benefit by offloading the other part to him. Mm-hmm. And to participate in, in that together. Like, it, it is only y'all each being honest, which allows you to participate in that and reap the benefits. Right. And so for you to say, National Coffee Day, everything's going great, you know, in betraying yourself... Betraying what is true, what is true, betraying what is true, even though what is, what you're feeling isn't the whole picture, it's still true. And to betray that would be, would be to deny Michael the benefit of your relationship in some way. 
I want I want to shift this into another spot real quick, and I, it's tangential to this, and I don't know if I, if if I'm just uh, de- deflecting here. <laughs> <laughs> shift away. Let's um, deflect away. Deflect um, away. <laughs> we hit a nerve. <clears throat> no, I mean as we're talking, there's a, there's this thing that's kind of nagging at me, and it's this sort of like, oh, your truth. I avoided those words. Uh huh. No, I know, I know. We're but we're dancing around. I know that idea. And I feel like there's something that we need to also address as we're talking about this, because there is that part is we're talking about, well, this is true to, for me, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time is like, you know, how talk, I'm, I'm deconstructing de- in my head right now. So, uh, so were you triggered by the idea of your truth? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I hear that just just thrown around so this much. This is my like, truth. Yeah, this, this is your truth. Yeah. So it's like you can't disagree with my truth. Yeah. And it's like, well, yes, but your truth is not mirroring, matching, or mirroring reality. So it's not the same thing as. I mean, this is not our conversation we're having right here, but like, but like, I, I, yeah, but this is definitely tangent. This is tangential. tangential. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I do see that sort of. It's like no, you're your reality, you're not in touch with reality. So that, that truth that you're talking about is not anywhere close to truth or being true. You might believe that's true, but it's not true. Who gets, it's it's complicated. I want to attack that one actually. Another spot from a different direction, because it's not that someone who says, well, this is my truth as a defense to your, um, scrutiny. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not that their truth isn't matching reality. It's that they are denying the relational aspect of truth. Okay. I think I can go there. Like earlier, we we said something about truth being necessarily relational. Mm-hmm. Again, like I'll put that one on the table and we can try to disqualify it. But I, I think there's something to that. Mm-hmm. I think when a person says to me, well, this is my truth or that's your truth. Mm-hmm. It's the, the primary issue with that is not that either one of our truths aren't true. It's that you are denying me entrance into it. Mm-hmm. So like truth telling should be a shared space when I tell you the truth, it, it should allow us to enter a space to where we can know the truth together. And if we discover that what we thought was true isn't, we discover that together. Mm-hmm. If there is suffering as a result of that truth, we suffer it together mm-hmm. by the virtue of the telling of it. Huh. That's a really, that's an interesting distinction. The relational aspect of it, which makes sense to me is like, if you're saying my truth, but you're not inviting people into relationship with you in that space. I think that might be kind of the problem with that. I I hear in that it's sort of like, this is my truth and you're not welcome to it Yeah, or welcome to participate in unveiling that truth, which my response is at some sort of gut level. No, it isn't. I mean, I I think it's exactly right. I think my gut response to that is, well, if your truth requires you to push me away, mm-hmm. then it isn't true. Yeah. Like there's something untrue about this. 
Okay, let me push it in, 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 in another direction. Uh, abusive relationships. Okay. okay. Yeah. Take one step back. Okay. Because I think the way that I said that <laughs> took us there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's not that your truth requiring pushing me away. Mm-hmm. There is definitely truth in which you must push people away. Yeah. Um, but when you say my truth, mm-hmm. it's not that you're pushing me away. It's that you are saying for this to be, for this to be true. Oh, I, I yeah, lost that, it. That, that got pretty complicated really quickly. It did. Um, but I do, I do see But it's something about cutting the relationship mm-hmm. and saying, I deny you entrance. Well, I think there's a good faith element, sort of like, hey, I'm going to participate in this in a good faith and that I'm participating with you in that. Yeah. And there's a difference between like, I'm going to be abusive towards you in that space. And that's kind of like, and that's a, that's more of like, okay, hold on. No, <laughs> Shit, I've got all these things going in my head, <laughs> like just <laughs> discrediting uh, or the different, all the different elements with that. There's, there's some element there with that, that, that kind of ties it to, cause okay. So I'm going with, I'm going with all these different places where, you know, someone says my truth and they're like, Oh, well you're being abusive. And I see all these sort of like lies and like, um, uh, uh, Oh, what is it? Dishonesty and allowing that participation. You know, it's like, I just think it makes a lot more sense to me when you have people acting in good faith towards each other, you know, as far as like when you enter into an argument or, or whatever it might be in good faith, it's like, there's an exchange that happens, you know? But then there's, there's the ones that says, it's just more of like, shut up and just listen to me. You don't yeah. have an opinion. You can't say anything. This is my truth and I'm going to give it to you. Or if your opinion alter varies from what I'm saying, mm-hmm. then you're wrong and disqualified and yeah. aren't um, worthy of my attention. And that could be a, 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 a misstep of, of faith on one side or the other or both, you know, right. and there's a breakdown in that. Um, communication. Okay. I got us into weeds. Totally. I I love (laughs) it. Jump back out. I love it. Personal Uh, examples would be so helpful right now, but I know they would. And here's my suggestion. I think we started this episode saying we're going to talk about lying. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And (laughs) I mean, (laughs) which is, I mean, it's a huge subject. Mm. Um, and I made the assertion that the opposite of lying is not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And now we're, we're beginning to get into the land of truth telling. Yeah. I think we ought to wrap this episode up and say that our next episode is going to be, if this episode is lying, the next episode is going to be the truth. Let's take about another five minutes or so like, and just wrap up the lying aspects. Yeah, I think we, did I got, agree. we got into more truth telling parts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What are, what are some of y'all's takeaways from the, the lying aspect? I've got a few, if you, if you want me to go. go. Well, I have two, um, two subjects that I feel like are worth talking about. One of them is lying by hiding because that is the whole reason why I'm here is because my discovery of how mm. I have been lying to myself first by hiding 
internally. Um, the second one, the, like a pervasive lie in culture, Santa Claus. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love Santa it. Claus. Santa Claus. <laughs> it's like the whitest white lie that our entire culture is bought into. Do you do, do Santa Claus? With which your one kids? do you want to start with? <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with um, Santa Claus. <laughs> do you do your kids do Santa Claus? Not anymore. But you did. Yes. Why? Why did you lie to your kids? <laughs> so, okay, this is great. <laughs> I don't think Santa Claus is lying. Okay. In the same way that reading fiction is not lying. In the same way that a play is not lying. Okay. Okay. Now, you can lie to your children about Santa Claus, but I don't think that the idea of Santa Claus is a lie. Why? Well, a fat guy with a bag full of toys shows up in the middle of your night, delivers mm-hmm. presents, right. and then delivers presents to every other child on the good list. Mm-hmm. All over the world. It's a wonderful fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And our children are absolutely in need of wonderful fictions. I mean, this is why we tell them stories. And when you're a child, you don't know the difference between fiction and reality. Now. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, before you jump on me. To be once, <laughs> once the, uh, the children start asking earnestly about whether or not Santa Claus is real, then you have the opportunity to lie. Hmm. And that's where it starts to break down to me. Mm-hmm. And I think people play the Santa Claus game far too long. And I stopped playing the game when my honest response to, uh, I think it was the first year after my divorce. And I was like, I'm buying presents for every one of my kids. I'm buying presents for every one of my family members on behalf of every one of my kids. I'm doing all this. I'm not buying presents for anyone on behalf of a fictional character. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I was just so, I was so emotionally spent. Mm -hmm. This was the same month as the divorce and I was so emotionally spent. And I think the question was asked, is Santa coming? No. (laughs) And my answer was just like, no. (laughs) And they were like, why not? I think it was at that point, only my youngest daughter still believed. And, you know, Mm -hmm. um, she said, why not? And I said, Santa's not real. And I was just like, I'm, I'm done with this. I can't do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) How'd she take it? Really well. I I mean, Uh, she's, (laughs) she's one of the more, um, what is it? Something about her personality. She's like, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's awesome. Evelyn and Hannah are so much like it. So. Yeah, that's for sure. Are y'all still doing Santa Claus? Mm-mm. We never, we never did. did. Never did it ever. We never lied to our never kids. Never did you ever. <laughs> no, I, to- I totally, I don't, I don't want to be self-righteous on that. I, I totally get the Santa Claus thing. Yeah. To a degree. I, I was I was 100% be, for, for me. I didn't want to do it because when I found out Santa wasn't real, it crushed my soul. Hmm. And I could not figure out how to enjoy Christmas for years after that. It took me a long time to um, recover a sense of, it's like that, that magic was just crushed and gone. 
And now I'm like, oh, this is just us eating dinner together again. Mm-hmm. And present, okay. Cool. I don't know. It's just for me. It, and maybe that's just my personality. Um, I love, I'm a gift person. So this, it, the whole idea of it was just so magical. And then to realize that, oh, y'all just been lying to me. Yeah. Um, it really messed me up. And I was like, I don't think it was worth it. Um, I didn't experience Santa that way when I was a kid. Like when I, like there was no found out Santa wasn't real moment mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, mine was in the garage. I was like, okay, dad. Oh, Santa you have Claus the moment? Rules. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, he's like, come with me, son. <laughs> and around the garage is like. To the garage. Yeah, to the garage. Where the truth is told. <laughs> exactly. Our next episode will and be was, in the garage. I wasn't crushed at all. I was sort of like. I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Oh, uh, you know what? It was interesting though. I think Jay was crushed. <laughs> uh, some people get crushed. Like it's anyway. Yeah. Uh, was what is interesting though is that our kids knowing the truth was was actually a huge burden for them hmm. that I didn't think about because how does a six year old who knows that Santa isn't real um, defend? It's like we had, ha- I'm like, Shh, we did not think about this. Like Austin announced to his entire preschool. Were <laughs> those parents? That Santa's not real. And he will argue you to the ground about it yeah. because he's that way <laughs> at four. And we're like, oh, okay. And then, you know, and then like our kids had the pressure of like maintaining this. Ah, well, we, we taught him that. We, but yeah. still it was a pressure on them mm. to, like there's this game called Santa and that we play this game and other right. people play this game and some kids don't know that this is a game. Well, and, and that was that's exactly burden. right. I'm just thinking of the, I'm thinking of like, have you all ever heard this one? Um, so is cereal a soup or a salad? <laughs> what? That question makes no sense. I would go more soup, but why would it be a salad? Well, it's like flakes of fiber with dressing. The milk is the dressing. <laughs> is it a soup or a salad? Well, it's neither. It's salad, but it's soup. It's probably more accurately soup, but it could be described as salad, depending on how much milk you put on it, right? Cereal. So, like, okay, is Santa Claus? This is not a good example. <laughs> no, you have to let me finish. Okay, <laughs> is Santa Claus pretend? Is it a game we play? <clears throat> is it a lie? Or is it truth? I mean, there is something truthful about it. Mm -hmm. Like, we tell stories not for the truthfulness of them, but for the truthfulness of the morals that they represent. Mm -hmm. So there is something true in the Santa story. Mm -hmm. Even though the fat guy's not coming down the fireplace, (laughs) you know, like that part isn't... (laughs) Like, factually true. (laughs) But there's something true to the Santa story. Uh Uh-huh. So which is it? Yeah. It's like we're if we're if we're trying to decide whether or not Santa is real or engaging in the Santa story with your children is a lie. Well, there's some more categories here. Hence cereal, super salad. <laughs> I don't know what the super salad thing. <laughs> but it, it's it's interesting. I mean, it really, it, that even it comes back down to intention, you know, it's like in, and the lie, you know, it's like, if your intention is, it's like, Hey, this is a, this is a great fiction that we're going to participate in. And at some point I'm going to allow you into the, 
the truth or the facts of the, of this thing that we're playing, but it's a useful fiction. Again, no judgment, but Mm. I think what takes it to the next level of lying is the whole elf on the shelf thing. (laughs) Oh, I abhor the elf on the shelf. That is absolute, 100% lying, absolutely no fiction involved. Well, no, no. How, okay, how so can I, you say that? I'm gonna, there's, a whole, there's a story. There's a book. I'm going to defend it. It has a book that comes along with you're it. You're going to defend gonna, the I elf know, on the shelf? You're, you're making me defend it. I'm glad. Because <laughs> there is a fun fictional game in this. You no, know? It's, it's not like, fun. <laughs> Why? Did, were you, you forced to participate? <laughs> I was forced to participate and I loathed it. I hated it. Uh-huh. Oh. It was so, well, you could say all of this about Santa. It was so <laughs> consumeristic, so marketing driven, so everything that's gross about living life. <laughs> all of it. But that's so funny. Like, you're, like, like how the elf long? on the shelf was stuffed with like dead insects and mosquitoes. Like everything that's gross about life was in Heavy roaches the elf on the shelf. <laughs> that seems like such an extreme jump from Santa Claus. <laughs> I stand by it. <laughs> but it is so funny. Like just interpretation has such a huge impact on what you, what you experience as a lie versus, you know, or how you experience lying. I mean, I guess it's like, up to the user. Well, I, right? I mean, it's like you can use the Santa fiction to engender this imagination, this wonder, or you can use it to absolutely manipulate and control your children. Well, I think the problem is is like we we're sitting here we're talking about the the like these more safe examples that are in the gray area and how it comes into interpretation, but I think we're where we where we kind of get out further into lying is when you when you start talking about manipulation, uh, manipulation, manipulation. Manipulation. Thank you. <laughs> manipulation uh, and and deceiving with malintent or something like that. Like there's there's this other area you start to kind of veer into, and and sometimes when you're in this gray area of how you're interpreting and truth telling and stuff like that, there can be this sort of like area that is somewhat malleable because of our subjective experiences and how we interpret things and relational and that kind of stuff. But then I think that's the thing we have to be careful of is like, we can also slip into like manipulation. It's like, you know, do I look fat in this dress? You can say, you know, um, yes. And, and, and it's truth telling, (laughs) but you're really being more, you know, uh, shaming or something like that. You know, it's like your intentions a lot more in a, uh, a dishonest way of a dishonest truth telling <laughs> the manipulative version okay. of that to yeah. me would be like, like a little, what time did you get up this morning? Mm-hmm. Knowing that she had said the night before she wanted to get up and go to the gym and then she slept him and didn't go, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, that's manipulative. Yeah. Yeah, so I think there's a there's there's that part of like where does it start shifting into that sort of um, oh, there's a word for it I keep thinking just mal- uh, malevolent malevolent yeah yeah so I that, that's I think that's again like even right now it's like everyone calls everyone Nazis you know 
It's like, there's a sort of like anything you don't like that person's a Nazi, you know, or, or something like that. It's like, and, and there's a sort of like extreme, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Kind of want to go with that, but I think that's kind of where we, we need, we would need to shift also just to kind of get more <clears throat> to the roots of, of lying in the way that is more black and white. You know, if you have some sort of ill will towards somebody or, um, trying to get a result that benefits you at the expense of somebody else or something like that, you know? Hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the easier place to talk about lying because it is a lot more obvious that that is lying. You know, I think it's less obvious in the way that in the areas that we've kind of been talking about because it's a lot more nuanced and, uh, uh, which, which in any of those situations, it could be that very thing. You know, it could be negative uh, in that sense, you know. <clears throat> but, ah, shoot. But you could also be lying to yourself in these little places also that lead to other deeper places. Does that make sense? I kind of jump. I try to jump too far into too many areas. I feel like I'm losing the thread. Yeah. And <clears throat> I want to get to lying by hiding. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's time to wrap this one. Yeah. It's like, are we going to, are we going to hit that next? Uh, <laughs> mm. Well, we'll just have to do a, a part two. I, okay. I'm down for that. Okay. This has been good. I think it's a good time to. Yeah. Sounds good. Take a break. Yeah. <laughs> take a break. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You're going to have to come back for part two and three. I hate to inform you. Two and three. (laughs) This line's got some, we got some some parts in this (laughs) one. (laughs) Yeah. I would love to. All right. My pleasure. Pledge. Love you guys. Mm -hmm. Thanks everyone. Yeah. Thank y'all. Cheers. Cheers. uh, Thanks for tuning in. It's been really cool to see you guys listening and, uh, it's just, I don't know. Matt and I kind of spent some time last week talking about that. Surprising. Yeah. Like, like, who are you? Y'all guys? are still listening. Uh huh. I, I feel like we've kind of been off our ball in terms of releasing episodes on time and mm-hmm. doing social media right or however we think is right. Yeah. Um, but you're still listening. So, whoever you are, thank you for listening. Yeah. And from wherever you are. Like and this, from wherever you yeah. are. All over the world. We as know far it's as we not just tell. our parents. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not my mom. <laughs> it was plausible before COVID that our yeah. parents were flying all over the world and listening <laughs> to episodes over and over again. Yeah, totally. But now with COVID, we know for sure. We know for sure, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we thank you guys. We do appreciate you. And Absolutely. Yeah. Keep it going. Keep all it right. going. Hang in there. Hang We're in, in it together. We're in it together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>